for me. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we do now bless you. We reverence you, God. We give you honor, the honor that you are due. We thank you, God, for sending your son to die just for us. We realize, we recognize, we understand that there would have been nothing that we could have done to provide propitiation for the cross. <laughs> but God, we are so grateful for the substitute. We thank you for the sacrificial lamb. Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. We bless you now. We give you glory. We thank you for this opportunity, this preaching, teaching moment. God, you do with it what you will. God, we pray that your people would have an ear to hear. Father, we pray that their hearts would be pricked. We pray that lives would be changed. Father, you do with me what you will on today, God. I am availing myself to you. God, sanctify my lips, God, that they might preach your word accurately and adequately, God. God, cause my mind to be uh, filled with what it is that you would have for me to say, God, allow my heart to feel what it is that you want me to translate to the people. Father, let me, let Tish move out of the way. God, let me not make a fool of myself in preaching the gospel that you've made foolish to some. And Father, we pray that it would be redemption and salvation to those that heed. And Father, we bless you. We reverence you. We give you praise in Christ's name. We do pray. Amen and amen from the just read scripture of Ephesians 5. 15 through 20 going into this month of Thanksgiving. I like to share with you for a little while from this simple message, how to defeat a defeated heart, how to defeat a defeated heart. You might say that's kind of an odd sermon topic to have. You just talked about it. Going, you know, in the month of November, when we think November, we automatically think Thanksgiving. We automatically think uh, of the holiday in, in which we give thanks for all of the things that God has done. Well, you know, I don't know about you, but listen, I'm in 2020. <laughs> I, I'm in 2020 with a, a, a lot of people. And, and quite frankly, people are trying to figure out if they really going to have something to give thanks for. Like you, I've had a lot of losses this year. Like you, I've had some struggles. Like you, I've been challenged in my mind and in my emotions. Like you, I'm sick of hearing about divisiveness and foolishness by way uh, of, of politics and, and things of the like. I, 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 I'm tired. I'm tired. When, when I, I heard yesterday that... Uh, Bishop Rance Allen had left here to to go on to be with the Lord. I said, man, who else? Who else? And I probably should never say who else because there could always be someone else. We we lost a prominent person of our community this past week in the, the, the 
the gentle giant of, of Jim Dyson, for those who uh, ever had any sort of dealings with Young Life, there's no way to know uh, urban Young Life in Largo without knowing the name Jim Dyson. You know, this, 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 this uh, uh, Caucasian man in the midst of all of these African-American kids who saw no color other than the blood of Jesus and ensured that to the best of his ability, every young person that he came in encountered, regardless of economic status, regardless of where they live, regardless of their past, was introduced to Jesus. Just an amazing man. We've took, we've took some losses this year. Some folks have lost their jobs. Some folks have lost uh, relationships with, 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 with friends and, and some with family. We, we've lost financially some. Some have lost in terms of their health. Some are struggling emotionally. Some are struggling mentally, if we would just really be honest. Sometimes our, our thought processes keep us up. You know, but if we look at the scripture that says giving thanks always and for everything to God, how, how, how can I give thanks when I'm feeling so defeated? I know I'm not just talking in the air and anybody going to say, you're not talking to me. I'm not defeated because sometimes, okay, I got, I hear you. Sometimes we get so saved that we're not real. is anybody catching me right here? We, we get so high saved that we're not real with, with, with our current situations. We, we get so high saved that, you know, you ask somebody how they doing. Oh, I'm blessed to the Lord and how the favor. Hey, shut up. Yeah, I know you blessed, but how you doing? Sometimes I have to talk to people, and when I talk to them, I say, well, God bless you for giving me that answer, pastor, prophet, evangelist. Now I'm talking to blank, and I call them by their first name. How are you? And I actually start getting the real deal when it comes to that, because many times, you all, we feel as though because we are in God, we can't be real. We can't be transparent. But isn't that what got the, the, the Samaritan woman free at the well by her being honest to Jesus when she said, he said, go get your husband. And she said, I have no husband. He said, you said that rightly. You've had five and the one you're with now is not your husband. It was the transparency. It was the honesty that got her free. But we'll sit here and hide behind a Bible hide behind some oil, hide behind a collar, and won't tell anybody that we're dealing and we're struggling with where we are. You Now I see why God had me talk earlier about being in the community of believers. There is a, 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 an accountability. Yes, that's there, but there is encouragement in the community of believers. I mean, come on now. You know, there have been times that I've been down. Folks haven't known that I've been down, not because I've been keeping it, but because I keep doing what it is that I do. 
But then God will send that one person. And, I, you know, and she's 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 not on here, but I'll say it openly. I thank God for Minister Adrian Kendrick, who outside of being the daughter of this house, she's also my best friend who said, you need to go away and told me to pack a bag. We're going to go. And you're going to go someplace so you can sleep. You sometimes need to have somebody in your life that can weed through all the stuff that you're putting in front of other folks to tell you the real deal about you. But you all, how can we give thanks? How can we even prepare on this first Sunday of November in 2020 to give thanks when we're feeling defeated? Well, my brothers and my sisters, in this passage of Scripture, Paul has given us a prescription of what to follow in order to fight against a defeated heart. There's some things you got to do. Sometimes we just avail ourselves. I said again, we avail ourselves. This is the way it's going to be. So I'm just going to deal with it the way it is. But you all, you ain't got to understand that there's some things we've got to do. Joy and contentment is not just going to come and find you. You got to work for it. And some of us are putting our energies in other stuff. And that's why we've got no energy to work on the things that will stay with us and be solid. What what am I saying here? Here in this passage of scripture, here's the first thing that Paul tells us. Paul tells us that we need to to make the best of opportunities now. We need to make the best of, of, of opportunities. Now, what 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 are you saying? What doesn't the passage of Scripture say that Paul said you've got to make best use of your time? Why? Because the days are evil. Paul didn't sit there and act like, you know, look, you know, everything is all right. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be wonderful. Everything's going to be great. If Paul wrote back over 2,000 years ago that the days are evil, (laughs) what do you think we're dealing with now? But we need to make use, good use, best use of our time because the days are evil. Listen, you all, so much that we are seeing out in this world, so much that we are seeing in people that we never thought we see. Stuff coming out of folks' mouths that we're like, what? You all, we're in a place where the things that we put our trust in are no longer there. So while we yet have opportunity, and and, and you might say, well, I've messed up my chance to make the best of opportunities. No, as long as you still got breath in your body, you still have an opportunity to make a better use of your time. Isn't that, we we always call her Auntie Maxine. Isn't that what she said? Reclaiming my time. (laughs) She, She said, reclaiming my time. Listen, you all, it's time for you to start reclaiming your time. You look, you, you still got some time to make some moves. You still got some time to, to get God involved in your decision making. You still have time to get God involved in your endeavors. You still got time to make the best use of your time. 
We've got to make the best of opportunities now. You might say, well, how am I supposed to do that? Listen, everything in your life can't be bad. Everything in your life cannot be washed up, dried up. You know how I know that? Because you're watching right now. You're you're on social media right now. So there's something going for you. The question is, how do you see that something? Huh? Come on. How do you see that something? Are you one of those people that when you got a glass, that's, is it half empty or is it half full? And for you, oh, Lord, I might have to get some more water soon. Oh, Lord, I'm already half done. Oh, oh, Lord. Or do you say, thank God, I still got enough for a sip. And be grateful for what you got. You all, we have got to learn how to make the best of opportunities because Paul said these days are evil. And you all, the days are more evil now than they've ever been before. So we've got to acknowledge the fact of acting as if we are wise. That's how verse 15 started out. He said, he said therefore, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you walk. And walk as the wise and not the unwise. And make you good use of your time. What what else did Paul say? Not only did he say that we need to make the best of opportunities now, but I, I, I worded this in the way that, that, that grandmama would have worded this back in the day. The second thing he said was, act like you got some sense. Like you got some sense, y'all. Anybody, anybody, mama, grandmama, auntie, ever say that to you? Act like you got some sense, and they normally say that you all when it is they know you know better. You can't tell somebody to act like they've got some sense when they never have a sense of the thing that they're doing. But we normally hear that when we know that somebody can do things better. Well, what, what, what does that relate to? Paul said, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Some of us are struggling with the stuff that we're struggling with simply because we're acting as if we don't know what God wants us to do. Can I just... Can I just put it out there? Can I just be real with it? Because we have to quit looking at God as if he's going to wave some magic wand over us and compel us to do right. God never took our free will from us. Huh? He never took our free will from us. We have a right and a choice to do right. But if you choose not to do right, Quit expecting God to bless your mess. Yeah, I said it. 727-641-3851. Y'all know what I'm about to say. Holla at your girl. If you got a problem with it, don't have a problem with me. Have a problem with the word. Because the word of God says, quit acting foolish. It is foolish to think that God is going to bless you when you are not honoring his will for your life. I don't know what his will is for my life. Yes, you do. You know the word. 
If you're doing anything outside of the word, you're outside of the will. Somebody put that on Facebook because I said something. If you're outside of the word, you're outside of the will. You can't just live life any way you think you want to and expect God to bless you. Act like you got some sense. Some of us been going to church some 15, 20, 25 years. Some of us can, can quote Bible scriptures off rip. Some of us know right off the top when somebody at your job or somebody in the neighborhood, somebody in your family says something that's not in accordance with the word. And you say, no, nah, I don't think that what that means. Come on, tell the truth. I know it's some of y'all out there. Yeah, no, no, that, 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 that's not what the word means. No, no. So if you can tell somebody else, that's not what the word means. Why do we keep going against what the word means? We know the word act like you got some sense. Some of us are defeated simply because we want to be defeated. Oh, God help me today. We're defeated because we want to be defeated because we want to be the victim. I want to be, I don't want to be a victim. Yeah, you do. Think about what happens when there's a car accident. There's a car accident, a uh, 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 couple of cars. The first thing that people do is they check to see if everybody's all right. And if there are three people and one of them has some injuries, who gets the attention? The one that has the injuries. That's the one that they call the EMT for. That's the one that goes to the hospital. That's the one to get the attendance. Now, certainly we're not saying that they wanted to get into an accident, but they are considered the victim. You all, there's a such thing as a victim mentality. And, and we keep allowing ourselves to stay in a wounded state because it gets us attention. It causes us to not, what else happens? I hear you guys. What else happens when, when someone is in an accident, they end up in the hospital or whatever, they are excused from doing the things that they normally do. Yeah. They're excused from going to work. They're, they're excused from, 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 from doing housework. They're excused from various things. They can be excused from school. If they're in school, they're excused. Why? Because they have an injury and they're a victim. Victim mentality gets us to a place where we want to stay defeated because we play the victim and we don't have to do what it is we should be doing in order to progress ourselves. I know I'm saying something in here. If the Bible says you're the head and not the tail, what else does God need to tell you about you? If he says you're above and not beneath, what else does God have to say about you? And some of you, again, can quote that off rip. He said, I'm the lender, not the borrower. He said, I'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I'm blessed in my uh, coming in and my going out. You're able to quote it, but you're not able to walk in it. God help me today. I need you to be able to walk in what you can quote. Walk in what you talk. God help me. You got to be able to walk in what you talk. Lip service ain't going to get you nowhere. Heart service will get you to walking into your promise. Act like you got some sense. Paul said, 
Paul said to uh, uh, not to act like the foolish. He said that there are some that, that don't know any better. So unfortunately, we can't expect any better. But he said, understand the will of the Lord. Again, how do I know the will? Read his word. How do I understand the will? Get with folks that are in the will that can help you walk in the will. Get with folks that want to learn how to be in the will so you got some accountability. That's how you're in the will of God. But to to not want to even get out of the place where you are is foolish. And the word says to not be foolish. Let me keep going lest I keep you too long. Not only did Paul say make the best of, I'm putting it in my words, but it's, it's really what the word is saying, make the best of opportunities. Now, not only did he say to act like you got some sense, but you all, he tells us to to get filled with the right stuff. Get filled with the right stuff. Isn't that what the word says? He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the spirit. And some of you all will say, well, I'm not a drinker, so that doesn't apply to me. You, you replace that with anything else you want to. Don't be drunk with gossiping and talking about other folks. Ah, come on. But be filled with the spirit. Don't be filled with overeating. But be filled with the spirit. Don't be filled with going and shopping and spending up your money when you should be doing something else with it. But be filled with the spirit. When people get drunk and 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 and, and I read up on 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 uh, something that a, a preacher and a doctor said about uh, 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 this scripture. And, and he talked about wine, alcohol, uh, 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 pharmacologically. And I might not have said that right, Pastor Schaefer, but y'all just go with me on that. Uh, 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 basically, medically speaking, from a pharmaceutical perspective, uh, is not a stimulant. Alcohol is not a stimulant. It is a depressant. It is a depressant. Why? Because if you look up on any book on pharmacology and look up alcohol, you will find always that it is classified among the depressants. It is not a stimulant. Further, it depresses first and foremost the highest centers of all in the brain. They control everything that gives a man self-control, a person self-control, uh, wisdom, understanding, discrimination, judgment, balance, the power to assess everything. In other words, everything that makes a person behave at their very best and highest. Like I said, you can put anything there because all of us don't hide behind alcohol, but we hide behind something because we don't want to deal with what's in front of us. I know I'm talking to somebody up in here. We don't want to deal with what's in front of us. So we would rather get drunk with wine, get drunk with people, get drunk with sex, get drunk with money, get drunk uh, 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 with drugs, get drunk with food, get drunk uh, 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 with anything that will compel us to suppress the highest functioning capacity of our mind to deal with what we need to deal with so we can get past it. 
Apostle, that's hard. That's hard. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've dealt with. You don't know uh, the, 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 the child abuse I went through. You don't know the, the, the torment I went through in, in my broken marriage. You don't know the heartache I went through in, in, in losing my job, losing my house, losing my car, just losing. No, I don't know because I'm not you. But I do know being real with it and dealing with it will help you to be able to move past it and be able to move. I'm not going to say you're going to move past it today, tomorrow, next week, next month. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that. But I do know that there's hope on the other side. How do I know that? Because Jesus is the eternal hope. Come on, Zion. And if you're in Jesus, huh? if you're in him, you have an eternal hope. You do realize that when you came on the Lord's side, that you were sealed. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's what Ephesians 1 and 3, let, let me get that and, and read it for you. But Ephesians 1 and 3 says that we are sealed. It says, in him you also after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were what sealed in him with the Holy Ghost of promise, with the Holy Spirit of promise. What does that being sealed means that being sealed, that Greek word means to be marked with the seal as a means of identification. Yeah, that means you marked with the seal of God. Yeah. That's the reason why folks can pick you out when you go in some place where you ain't got no business to say, wait, what you doing here? That's why you getting ready to do something. You got no business. And they say, nah, I don't think this is for you. Why? Because you're marked. The, the, the Bible says that, mar- that, that that Greek word goes on to say it denotes ownership. Yeah. The Bible says that we were bought with a price. God, thank you. And I don't know about you, but I was on the, the clearance rack. I, I had some, some blemishes. I had some, some misfits. I, 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 there was something wrong with the way that I was. And I was sitting on, on the markdown rack because they couldn't sell me for top price. God, thank you, Jesus. They couldn't sell me for top price because I had some dents. I had some blemishes. I had some rips. I had some tears. But Jesus came and said, how much for this one? God, thank you. And he bought me anyway. I was bought with a price. I know I'm not by myself. There's some other folks that were bought with a price. Y'all was on that misfit rack with me. I know you were. (laughs) You might have been in a different size. You might have been in a different color. You might have been in a different design, but you were hanging there with me on that misfit rack, on the clearance rack. Nobody would pay top dollar for you. (laughs) <laughs> because of all the things, all the, the dirt and all the shame and all the stains that were on you. Nobody would pay top dollar up oh, but the blood of Jesus <laughs> paid the price for you. When nobody else would pay you no mind and not on God, thank you. I hear you, Holy Ghost. And do you realize when somebody buys you and puts care and concern in you? Somebody who didn't want it before then is willing to pay top dollar. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying? Hey, you ever watch somebody who buys a car 
one of those old antique cars and people that don't have an eye for cars will look at it and be like, "Uh uh-uh, it's got rust and it's dirty and it's dinged up and it's messed up. But somebody who's got an eye for value and got an eye for beauty can see beyond the dents. Come on, somebody. They can see beyond the rust. They can see beyond all of the dirt. And they'll say, how much do you want for it? And then somebody will say, man, you don't want that. How much do you want for it? And then when they get it under their care and they buy the parts for it and they restore it to its original state, come on, because that's what the Holy Ghost does. It restores our spirit to its original beauty, to its original beauty. Thank you, Jesus. But you got to have it in the right hands. Thank you, God. I'm so anybody grateful to be in the right hands on today. Anybody glad to be in the right hands on today. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So, 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 so we, 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 we throw ourselves away by getting drunk on the stuff that's not going to help us at all. But we need to get filled with the right stuff. We need to get filled with the spirit. Let me go on. Lest I keep you too long. I'm at my last point. Not only. Did Paul say to make the best of opportunities now? Not only did he say act like you got some sense. Not only did he say get filled with the right stuff. But finally you all. (laughs) He tells us to thank God in everything. Tells us to thank God in everything. And for always. Thank God in everything. And for always. And see, that's what messes us up. Because we like, see, that that right there. How am I supposed to thank God for everything? Da, 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 da. <laughs> he didn't say thank God for everything. He said thank God in everything. What does that mean? Let's look at this scripture. We know the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. I, I, I put it in the New Living Translation because this will speak to what it is that, that we're thinking. It says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. For those of us who were brought up on the King James Version, that means in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And, and we sit there and we say, how am I supposed to be thankful? thankful for all things you all can I help you out with something can I can I can I instruct you on something today there's a difference in being thankful for everything and being thankful in everything God glory thank you today there's a difference in being thankful for everything than being thankful in everything there's no place in the word that says be thankful for everything that means that God is saying look you lost your job say thank you you, 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 your marriage broke up. Say thank you. You, you lost your child. Say thank you. Your, your, your family member strung out on drugs. Say thank you. No, 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 no. God is not saying be thankful for everything. He said be thankful in everything, in every circumstance. In other words, if you can focus on God, then the thing that is trying to defeat your heart will not have the power that you give it. When we focus on our problems, we give power to the problem. Yeah. 
But when we focus on the promise, God, thank you today, Jesus. When we focus on the promise, we get power to the promises in our life. We get power to the promise of God. We get promise, uh, uh, power to the promise that says all the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. We get power to the promise that says, and God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. You get power to the promise that says, and yea, we are more than conquerors to them that love him. Come on, we get power to the promise when we focus on the promise. He's not saying to give thanks for everything. He's saying be thankful in everything. I remember some years ago when my daughter, she might have been eight or nine, and and my husband, they were uh, on their way to the movies. They had left an event, and my husband had some sound equipment in the back of the car, and and, uh, they were at a stop sign, and my husband said that he could see in his rearview mirror one of those. Y'all remember the old Ford uh, F-150s, the one that were made out of, like, all the steel the real heavy ones, the real old ones. He said he saw one barreling down behind him. No, I take that back. There was a bus, I think, that stopped in front of him or somebody stopped uh, uh, unexpectedly or suddenly. And so he stopped the, the, the car that they were in and he saw the vehicle behind him just, just, just barreling down with my baby girl in the back seat and he in the driver's seat. And he said all he could do was say, oh, my God. Jesus and that F-150 hit and pushed in the back of the car. I told you that they had just left an event where his sound equipment was in the back. His, his, his keyboard was in the back. Uh, he has, he had an amp in the back and all he could think about was my baby girl in the back seat when that car hit the car in the back. When the dust settled and when he came to himself and he jumped out the car to see about Tiaran, his driver's side seat had snapped back. And (laughs) my baby was laying down taking a nap in the seat. His driver's car, she's laying down, his driver's seat snapped back, the back of her seat snapped forward and made a tent over her. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me on today. Listen, even though he lost his vehicle, even though they had to go to the hospital, get checked out, but they ended up being at home, even though he was a little sore from the impact, there was no scratch, no bruise, no nothing on my baby girl. And even though we might have took some losses, I could be thankful in the fact (laughs) that God is a protector. You got to be able to look at your circumstance and find something to give God thanks for. Why? Because the scripture doesn't change just because you're going through. The scripture doesn't change just because your money is funny and your change is strange. The scripture doesn't change because Big Mama went on to be with the Lord. The Bible still says in everything give thanks. 
So you better find something to give thanks for, God. I know I don't have any money right now, but God, I thank you for the times that I did have money. And I thank you for the times that I was able to buy food. And I thank you for the times that I was able to take care of some things. God, I might not have, uh, 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 you know, the house that I want, but I thank you, God, for this little shanty that you allow me to be in right now because I could be out on the streets. That, that old song by Walter Hawkins, Be Grateful. Uh, and they said, why? Because there's always someone that's worse off than you. But we get to a place of acting as if you are in the worst state where you can be. Can you just take about five seconds right there and think about a worst, can, a worst case scenario from where you are right there? And would you just give God praise right there? Because do you understand and realize that your life could be a whole lot worse than what it is? Sure, you're not married by now, but as long as you still breathe, and there's still another chance. I was over 30 when I got married and now I've been married for over 20 years. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in here. Listen, you got to understand that our timing is not God's timing. We're living in Kronos. He is in Kairos. And when it comes to you, it will be in God's timing. It will be in what due season? Come on in here. If you reap, if you work and if you don't fate, if you do what you need to do, there is a due season that that is waiting for you, but you've got to know how to give God thanks in what it is you're in right now. Don't live defeated. Don't let a defeat come and take pervasiveness in your heart. Don't let it take root. Don't let it settle. Don't let it take a vacation. You better do something to get defeat out of your life, to get defeat out of your heart. You better move on some things. Make the best out of the opportunities that you've got right now. You better act like you got some sense. You need to get filled with the right stuff and be sure to give God thanks in everything. Not for everything, but in everything. There are ways to defeat a defeated heart. God never intended for any of us to live in defeat. When you remember that you are the righteousness of God. He created you to give him glory. That's why you're here, to give him pleasure, to give him glory. So why would he want those that he created to give him glory to operate in def- with defeat? That's not what he, again, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. When you know who you are, you will act like you are. Know who you are in him. And I promise you, you'll be able to defeat your defeated heart. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. Father, we thank you. Father, thank you for speaking to your people on today. Father, thank you for helping them realize and understand that God, that they don't have to live a defeated life. God, but that they can live in the fullness and the wholeness that you have created for them. It was not by coincidence that you sent this word on today. There were those that looked upon this year and they, they, they said, throw the whole year away. But God, you've still been blessing in this year. And if we really look hard, we'll see where you blessed us. We'll see where you changed us. We'll see how you strengthened us. Even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the, 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 the height of systemic racism, God, you have uh, empowered us. You've given us a voice. 
So, God, we thank you. Now, Father, I, I speak to those defeated hearts out there. And, God, we're not speaking defeat over them, God. But, God, I'm speaking to them because I'm calling them awake. I'm calling them to arise. I'm telling the enemy that you have no more vacancy there. That you must vacate the premises. That there's no more room for you. That they will be filled with the spirit and they won't fill their hearts with anything else. It, it got, the, the word didn't take away the drunkenness and not tell them what to fill it with. They will be filled with the spirit. They will take opportunities as they come. They will go seeking opportunities. And God will allow divine appointments to come. They will seek out the will of God through the word of God so that they can act like they got some sense. And in all things, they'll remember that they had nothing to do with it, but that they will give you praise for what it is that you've done. Father, we thank you even now, God, for those that are under the sound of my voice that might be listening on the live stream on today. God, I speak to their hearts as well. God, if they if you let them hear God to hear this word, God, and if they came in on the middle, God, I pray that they go back and catch it from the beginning. God, to hear what you had to say. But God, I shake them even now, God. I shake them out of their complacency. God, I speak to their complacency right now and I bind it in the name of Jesus. God, I, I speak to the spirit of laziness and tell you, you have no place, no dominion here. And God, I speak urgency to the place of complacency. I speak urgency. God, that we will move with a quickness. God, to grasp a hold to all that you have for us. And Father, I thank you for it even now in Jesus name. Listen, if you're listening on today and if you're saying that, you know what, you you you, you spoke to me, but I, I don't even know the first thing on how to to even know what the will of God is in my life. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you would not know. But it's so easy to have a relationship with Jesus. And it really is as simple as ABC. First of all, accept that you're a sinner. Just admit it. I've messed up. You know, it's so much easier when we admit to our faults. I've messed up. I haven't done everything right. Admit that you're a sinner. Then the second thing that you need to do is believe in the special gift that Jesus gave for us. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, so loved the world. If you're in the world, that means you too, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, and this can be you today, because this is the moment of the whosoever, that whosoever believes on him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. So believe that Jesus paid the price for your sins when he died on the cross. And the third thing, that you need to do is confess. Confess has two parts. One, confess your sins before God. And secondly, confess that Jesus is Lord. Because the scripture says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My brothers, my sisters, whoever it is that's watching me, if you desire to be saved today, all you have to do is just repeat these simple words. Say, Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I've done some things that have not been right. I believe that Jesus did die for my sins. 
I confess my sins before you. And I confess that Jesus is Lord. I desire for Jesus to be Lord of my life. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are saved. And listen here, that doesn't mean that you get saved today and you can go back and do the stuff that you were doing before. That means that there's a new life in Christ. That's what the scripture says. If any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. All that other stuff that, that's gone, that's gone. All, all the stuff that you're doing from this point forward shall, should be new.